0: The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, December 26th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I've built a network of elite industry professionals every week sharing their knowledge and expertise to my listeners. I hope all of you are enjoying your holidays and getting ready for the new year. It is almost 2016. How exciting. I am. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guest I have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for the show today, we have Matthew Gardner, Chief Economist with Windermere Services. Where's the housing market going in 2016? That's a conversation i will have with Matthew today. Also, I have Tyler Freed with Windermere Real Estate. We're gonna talk about today's real estate market. And last guest in studio is Christopher Orr with Pensco Trust, investing in real estate with your retirement dollars. So it'll be interesting conversation uh, with uh, Christopher. Great information and great guest in studio today. Uh, for more information or topics discussed or topic discussions that you'd like me to bring into studio, please, call call the show. 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start at the show with a little money chat.
2: Money. Money. money.
1: I have some great news to share. I'm going to talk about uh, my arena. I'm also going to talk about your CPA's arena. We're going to bring back uh, the great news with mortgage insurance tax deduction coming back. Thanks to the Tax Relief and Health Care Act of 2006 and the Mortgage Forgiveness De- uh, Debt Relief Act of 2007, mortgage insurance premiums were tax deductible and treated the same as mortgage interest. We lost his benefit, but on December 18th, 2015, the president signed legislation that Renews the tax deduction of mortgage insurance premiums for qualified borrowers to, through 2016. So the deductible deduction is effective for purchase and refinance loans closed after December 23rd, December 31st, 2014. Mortgage insurance premiums paid accrued after December 31st. Um, December 31st of 2016 may qualify for a tax deducti- deductible for homeowners' federal tax returns. Now, lender mortgage insurance, also known as private mortgage insurance, or PMI, uh, in the U.S. is insurance payable to the lender or trustees for a pool of securities that may be required when taking out a mortgage loan. It is insurance to offset losses in case you, the consumer, is not able to repay the loan and the lender is not able to recover its cost after foreclosure and the sale of the mortgage property So PMI is required on conventional loans with less than a 20% down payment borrowers with adjusted gross incomes below 100000 may deduct 100% of the MI premiums. Now I do want to disclose I'm not a licensed CPA, I'm a licensed mortgage professional, so you do want to consult with a professional. For borrowers with adjusted gross income from $100,000 and a penny to $110,000, deductions are phased out at 10% increments from each additional thousand of adjusted gross household income. Now the homeownership deduction, it's huge. You can write off, as you most likely know your interest on your mortgage, your property taxes, and now just as I've mentioned, uh, the PMI or the mortgage insurance as well. So let's take a look at how this looks. On a $400,000 loan, the deduction estimated, let's just say $25,000 for the year. If you were in a 25% tax bracket, this would be $6,250 less in income taxes you would pay as a homeowner with these deductions. Now, if you amend your W-4 with your employer and increase your withholdings, you can see the benefit in your income every month. You do want to consult with a licensed CPA to make sure that you're amending correctly and you're not having to owe money back at the end of the year. The idea is to break even. Now, the benefit is, this is real cash and it's real money. It's just whether you choose to realize the benefit at the end of the year in less income taxes that you pay or upfront every month in your take-home income. Personally, myself, I want to see it up front my take-home income because I don't want the government collecting interest on my money. I want to be able to realize that benefit myself and do what I can with those uh, ex- that extra cash. Now, by realizing every month, what this is going to do for you as a home buyer is you're going to increase your buying power. So with my example, the deduction would be about 520 bucks a month and equal to an increase of buying power of 95 percent Thousand dollars. So, if I could tell you, get an in- increase of ninety-five thousand by amending your W-4 with your employer, make a huge difference in what you can receive in home ownership for M- home Now, also, I want to talk about the renting versus home If we're looking at twenty-two hundred dollars mortgage payment after the tax deduction, the homeowners, homeowner would net it would be a net out to closer to about $1,700 a month if you're able to realize the deduction of homeownership. Again, consulting with a licensed CPA, depending on how you're filing your taxes. Now, this does not count the almost $600 towards principal for the first month. That's just an additional benefit. I like to call it a, a home savings account, money that you might have access to when you sell your property as long as your property does not depreciate. Now, the equity potential and the security of the fixed payment is another benefit. So we've got a fixed mortgage payment for 30 years. Not counting taxes and insurance, your property taxes can go up, they'll actually go down if the property depreciates, or it depreciates, it'll go up if the property appreciates. Also insurance for your homeowner's insurance can adjust as well. Now, a lot of people don't really take this into consideration, so if you're renting and your rent payment only increased, let's just say with inflation estimated at 3%, a $1,700 rent payment the next year would increase to $1,750. Over 30 years, you'd be paying over $4,200 a month in rent with no end in sight. So it went from 1700 30 years later, $4,200, and you're going to continue to pay that with that increase in inflation. Versus if you have purchased a home, the payment would have remained the same. The mortgage payment would stay the same as long as you're a 30 year, 30 year fixed rate mortgage. And at the end of the 30 years, you'd be mortgage free versus having to continue to pay that rent. So the risk of renting is the possibility of not being able to continue to afford to pay the rent payment with inflation. And again, the no end in sight with a mortgage, being able to see that you've got a roof over your head, not having to pay for it outside of taxes and insurance. Now, another ownership of ta- um, uh, tax advantage for home ownership is when you sell your home up to 250,000 if you are single or 500,000 if you're married In profits are exempt from taxation. Now, any amount... Over those thresholds is tax at capital gain rates. Historically, capital gain rates have been substantially less than tax rates on ordinary income. When you leave an apartment, no tax will be due, but you will also not have a profit, which I think it's kind of nice with this investment under, like, under other like any other asset class investment. You can really look at the appreciation of your home is just as an added benefit. As you can tell, I believe in homeownership and there's a lot of benefit to getting into homeownership and why is I'm, I'm excited for a conversation that we'll have with our uh, guest here today. Coming up next in the Money Hour, what's what's coming up for the new year with real estate? Well, I've got Matthew Gardner, Chief Economist with Windermere Services right here on 1150 AM, KK and W after this short break.
3: This is Namdi Esamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me. Or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better and kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me and United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League.
2: My name is Tom Thornton. And
4: my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired and this is how we live United.
3: We decided
2: to volunteer with United Way at our Community Free Health Clinic.
4: United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places.
2: Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our Community Free Health Clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on eleven fifty AM KKNW, the Saturday 26th show. I'm empowering our community, providing you with opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. But you can always call the show at one 855 400 1150 Again, that's one 855 400 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, very excited to have a conversation with Matthew Gardner, Chief Economist with Windermere Services. And we're going to talk about the real estate market for 2016. Matthew, I am so excited to have you across the uh, desk from, from me and in studio in the conversation that we're going to have. So thank you so much.
5: Oh, you're more than welcome. Delighted to be here.
1: Thank you. And a little bit about Matthew. Um, as Chief chief Economist for Windermere Services Company, Matthew is responsible for analyzing and interpreting economic data and its impact on the real estate market on both a local and a national level. He has over 25 years of professional experience, both in the U.S. and the U.K. Matthew chairs the Board of Trustees at Washington Center for Real Estate Research at the University of Washington, sits on the Urban Land Institute's Technical Assistance Panel, is an advisory board member for the Runstead Center for Real Estate Studies at the University of Washington, where he also lectures in real estate forecasting. So, Matthew, let's go ahead and just get started and and get right to no market works totally independently what should we expect from the u s housing market in two thousand and sixteen drum roll <laughs> that's,
5: well, that's a great question I think next year it's going to be a an, modestly an, an improving year and when I say improving I think we'll actually see more transactions one thing's been missing a lot uh, in this recovery uh, uh, actually total number of sales so I think yes. we will see a slight increase it won't be the amount that we need but it will go up a little bit in terms of prices i mean we're going to appreciate next year uh, we'll we'll likely not appreciate the same rate we saw this year okay i'm okay with that yes i think we're probably l- got
1: to balance out right I- exactly uh-huh. so
5: i think we're probably going to come in across the country a price growth of about 4.7 4.8 okay. percent so less than we saw this year but still uh it's certainly it's a positive looking out on the horizon really quite frankly nothing is scaring me the biggest issue we have right now is inventory and the lack thereof yes far more buyers than we have sellers it's not just in seattle it's not just up and down the west coast it's really across the country uh-huh. so
1: what what do you um how do you think that's going do that you're going to see that improve in, in or are we for 2016 matthew do you see our inventory getting any better for our
5: buyers? Yeah, and I think it will. Um, okay, a couple, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we're seeing an increase amount of equity that people are now recovering, getting back Makes The sense. equity that they lost. Okay, um, a lot of things that what's holding people off from selling is the fact that they need to build up that equity or get at least recover it, from the amount that they lost back in the recession. Yes, get above water, and then I think they have the ability to sell. So Got I think we, we'll continue to see that. In addition, we're also going to see some downsizing. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of us are out there who are getting older. We're looking to downsize. I think that is going to have an effect on the market as well. Exciting. But we kind of are stuck in a bit of a chicken and egg situation. Mm -hmm. what, What I mean by that is that we've got people that want to sell, but they're not going to list their homes for sale until they find somewhere they want to buy.
1: Yes, and when they're concerned about... If they can't
5: find somewhere they want to buy, they're not going to list. So you kind of get in this chicken and edge. Uh, But I think we'll see uh, some improvement. I think sales will probably run up a little bit to probably just over 5.5 million units in okay. uh, existing home sales next year. I think new construction is gonna be the big story though. Okay. Um, we're gonna start building, which is something we have not mm-hmm. seen. Yes. So I expect to see new home starts and sales really jump quite dramatically. That's gonna help with some of the pent up demand of that course. there is out there.
1: Exciting. So interest rates are on the mm-hmm. rise, as everybody knows. Are you worried about this, Matthew?
5: I'm I'm really not. Okay. I think it's so much right now, it's a non-story. I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks Obviously, because of the Fed announcement, the Fed funds rate was going up.
1: Uh, you've probably been really busy getting around and sharing the, the news. Uh, yeah, and uh-huh. uh, and
5: really, uh, the biggest problem is that everyone thought that the two things—the Fed funds rate was intrinsically linked to mortgage rates. Yes. it's not
1: where we saw mortgage rates go down.
5: Absolutely right. <laughs> yes, and so I think that mm-hmm. a lot of people got, did get worried in yes. kind of chicken little mentality. We uh, certainly, it's important. It's an important rate to, to watch, mm-hmm. and actually, it demonstrates an economy that is improving. Yes, and so that's actually a good thing. You have to lift. Uh, Interest rates above zero, certainly in the Fed funds rate, so that's going to go up. We will see a modest uptick in mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting probably a fifty to sixty basis point, i.e., roughly half a percent, up by the end of next year on the thirty-year fixed. So that thirty-year fixed is still going to end the year well below five percent. Yeah. So I think what we're the biggest concern that I have is a psychological barrier. Yes. And what I I mean by that is that people have have for the last well year or so quite happy with mortgage rates that started with a three Mm -hmm. and now they're saying well what do you mean we've got to pay more than four percent yes i know it's not crazy it's egregious
1: (laughs) exactly
5: you have to stand back a little bit and look at where were they in 1990 yes well they were at 10 yeah and we still bought houses Mm Where were they in nineteen eighty two? Yes. For those of you that remember, they would know they were twenty percent. Yeah. And we still bought houses. Yep. So I think it really and the is
1: highest they've been when I was in the industry was eight and eight and a half back in two thousand and one, I think, is when, you know, so yeah, right. it's crazy.
5: But quite frankly, I think what we're gonna see is rates are gonna trend up over the next yes. couple of years, but I think they're gonna plateau at around six, six and a half percent. I just don't see them with the knowledge I have right now, with the way that it's tied to the 10-year treasury, tied to the global economy, yes. we're going to see interest rates really jump up much higher than that at any point in the future, yes. certainly in the foreseeable future. So rates are going to go up. That's okay. Mm-hmm. They are still remarkably cheap uh, in, in from a historic perspective.
1: Got it. So Matthew, there's a lot being said about the lack of home sale. Why is this and what do you see changing?
5: As we just were talking about, I think we're going to see slightly increased amount of inventory in the marketplace. I think new construction will help a lot. We'll start to see a lot more starts. Um, can we can going see those, the baby boomers who are going to drop, start deciding they need to downsize. Uh-huh. That's going to help. But we are still going to see some very tight markets. Unfortunately, the Pacific Northwest and Seattle is one of them. Got it. Um, so I, I think that we will, again, we'll probably see a slight increase mm-hmm. in transactions, but we're still going to have inventory levels, which are already at Double decade lows.
1: Yes, really
5: not getting that much better next year.
1: So, Matthew, when you're talking about the appreciation, maybe being four point seven, four point eight percent for 2016, so slowing down a little bit, which is not bad. Mm. But do you feel that there's a, that we're at risk of of having a bubble coming up? What are your thoughts there?
5: Uh, the, the bubble question it's always yes. it's always coming up. And it's coming a lot right now. Yes. Um, no, we're not. And this now, it's, uh, I think, when you look at it from uh, the national standpoint, obviously, when the housing bubble burst, it was a natural, a national bursting of, of a, uh, a market which had just got silly. Mm-hmm. We're not in that situation right now. Why don't worry about it? Is really very simple. The mortgage instruments that we saw back in two thousand three, four, five, which were really kind of the negative, negative amortization option yes, arms, yes. The, these ridiculous things yes. that were out there, they don't exist anymore. Yep. And that makes me very, very happy. And
1: you have to be qualified to get a mortgage. And
5: that's the big thing. Now you actually, believe it or not, you've got to have a job to get a mortgage. Yes. Yes. Didn't necessarily have Mm -hmm. to do that before on the the no documentation loans and like. Mm -hmm. So that means that we have got the ability to service that debt. Okay. And therefore, the likelihood uh, of seeing a a massive meltdown in, in the mortgage markets in their entirety, very, very unlikely. That said... I think there are certain markets in the U.S. which are getting a little bit ahead of themselves.
1: Okay. And which markets would those be? Um, What markets are you concerned about?
5: I'm specifically looking at uh, at Denver, Dallas, San Francisco, uh, and actually New York uh, as ones which are uh, growing in in price at a a very heady rate. Uh And they're becoming increasingly unaffordable. And so I think that those are markets which, although will not necessarily collapse, will start seeing a, 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 a slowdown greater than that that we're seeing across the country as a whole. Okay. So they are getting a bit ahead of themselves, but again, not set up for a collapse.
1: So, what are they, you know, they always say that we follow like the San Francisco market. So, does that mean if, if it does hit, they see a bubble that it's going to follow and and
5: Not we're necessarily. It next? No, I mean, we are similar to them in some uh-huh. respects. However, our housing values are approximately 50%. the fact that that you see in the Bay Area. Yeah,
1: that's crazy, yes. So we
5: have a kind of median sales price Mm -hmm. about $500,000, let's say, in King County. Okay. In San Francisco, it's just over a million dollars. Yeah. So it's a big discrepancy, and that's when you start having issues with affordability.
1: Okay. certainly
5: not saying that uh, King County locally is remarkably affordable. It's not. Yes. Uh, It is certainly very expensive, specifically for the first-time buyer. Mm-hmm. However, we're certainly not up in that seven-digit range that we're seeing down in Northern California.
1: Makes sense. So, Millenniums, they haven't been buying. Do you see that changing?
5: The Millennials, yeah, I think we will. It's so funny. Uh, the last year, I think we've been blaming the Millennials for everything from global warming <laughs> uh, on down to the collapse of the housing market. Uh, no, it's, are they going to come back? I think they will, and here's why. Um, That generation, basically born between 1980 and 2000, the uh, the older part of that generation are turning 30. So they are getting older. Uh Now, they are starting their families later on in life, which is true, by about one or two years. So they're getting married later, having kids later. But they are looking to move out of those very expensive apartments, let's say, in South Lake Union, Mm -hmm. uh, and taking advantages of home ownership, as you talked about a bit earlier on, and creating families themselves. Now, when you look to do that, several things you're looking at, one of which is safety, safety. Security is certainly very important. Mm-hmm. Schooling is remarkably important. Yep. You're not gonna see these families raise their children in apartments, yes. they are gonna move out. Mm-hmm. So, do they want to buy? Yes, they do. However, they've they've got a lot of obstacles ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Biggest one right now is student debt. Um, they yep. owe an awful, awful lot of money yeah. uh, on student loans. Look at student loans across the US, just federal student loans, it's about $1.3 trillion we owe on student loans. I anticipate in 20 years will actually get to 2.5 trillion dollars. Now, some perspective on that, we owe about 890 billion dollars on our credit cards. So we owe a third more on our student loans Mm -hmm. than we owe on our credit cards.
1: That's crazy.
5: And so it's a remarkable amount of money. And so it's hard for them. They're qualifying, it's still remarkably hard to qualify. We've seen FICO scores on approved loans. The average Mm -hmm. FICO score on a denied loan for a denied conventional loan last month was 700. Yeah, yes. Very, very high. So we uh-huh. kind of went from the sublime to the ridiculous on the pendulum of one point, everyone qualifying. Yes. Secondly, yes. no one qualifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's getting them to that credit rating, that credit quality, and also obviously down payments. Yep. Um, that's hard for them as well. But when we see the mortgage, uh, well, mortgage deductions are certainly remarkably important. Mortgage insurance premiums coming down. Yes. That's, again, very important as well. And do you
1: see some of it as just the education? Because you talk about down payment. I mean, there's so many different options out there. I think just people getting educated and understanding what's available um, are not missing out on the opportunity. They they think they can't do it.
5: That's very true. Yes. And certainly a lot of people that I speak to who are thinking about buying for Uh the first time, they really are very uncertain as to how the process works. Yes. Um, and, And... Much as I think there's a survey done fairly recently that says 75% of millennials uh, wanted a buy, Uh thought it would be the most astute financial investment they will ever make. Yes. But about 76% said they doubted they could qualify for a mortgage.
1: And I I bet out of that 76% that probably maybe... 25% 25% couldn't i just a guess I don't know but I just I hear so many people that come to me and that well I thought I needed 20% down or you know so that's a whole nother uh, conversation there with you Matthew but I, I got to ask you what what keeps you up at night
5: um oh several things uh I think that oh bigg- no
1: now I'm worried <laughs> <laughs>
5: the, the biggest thing I think is really is us forgetting our past us getting back into the same issues that got us into the burst in the housing bubble in the first place. Uh-huh. Uh, repealing Dodd Frank, for example, uh, would be a horrible, horrible thing to have happen because these are some of the controls which have been put in place that allow the mortgage markets to run efficiently, but also logically and sensibly. Uh-huh. So I think that's one of those. Are the two biggest things that, that that are out there, credit control as well as I mentioned yes. earlier on. I think it's certainly it's important, mm-hmm. but we kind of got a bit ahead of ourselves uh-huh. in terms of how high the credit quality needed to be to get a mortgage. That needs to come down mm-hmm. uh, and still be, still be at a logical level. Sure. You've still got to be able to afford to service that debt given your income. But right now, it's still remarkably difficult. So that needs to be, come down a bit. If it doesn't, that's going to be a problem. But I think in all, we just need to make sure that banks are still being, uh, the oversight is still there. Yes. And that we are still saying, no, don't get back in, into the days we saw 10 years ago yeah. uh, of ridiculous mortgage lending. Makes total uh, and, sense. And silly mortgage lending instruments.
1: I got less than 60 seconds to go to commercial, but I got to give a shout out for Windermere. Um, in, in having you as part of the team and a chief economist, that, that, that is not usual for what for a real estate company to have a position like you. What put real, Windermere in that, that they made that decision to to bring on that position.
5: Well, thank you. Yeah, its um, we are the only traditional brokerage that actually has a, an economist in-house. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've had a relationship with Windermere since the late 1990s uh, as a consultant. And I remember back in, I think it was 2010, the president of Windermere and I were, were talking about how could we have seen this better, i.e. the, the bursting the housing bubble. Yeah, and uh, we talked. He said, Well, perhaps you should do more for us. Mm-hmm. It took us about five years to, to get that right, but we, we did eventually. But I think what's important, to, certainly, that uh, ownership uh, of Windermere C is we have about six and a half thousand agents. They, are, they need the information, they need the direction, they need to be able to advise their clients. Yes. And whether the market's going up or even if the market's going down, we're not going to tell them what they want to hear, mm-hmm. I'll tell them what it's going to be.
1: Of course.
5: Um, and, and I think that that's just another tool we can offer our brokers. Uh, across the the ten states where we're active, yeah, and so I think that I think it's a very, um, it's an astute move. I think a very sensible move, mm-hmm. uh, and one certainly that so far uh, the agents have been very, very happy with. And so I'm enjoying talking to as many as I can, yeah, that's and great, and answering their questions.
1: Well, I know they appreciate appreciate having you definitely, Matthew. Thank you so much for uh, spending your time in here with me. I know that you're crazy busy and and lots of uh, lots of conversations that you're having right now. So I appreciate
5: your time. You're very welcome. Thanks.
1: And coming up next in the Money Hour, today's real estate market for buyers and sellers. I have Tyler Freed with Windermere Real Estate right here at 11:50 a.m. KKNW. After this short break. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and
4: the Ad Council. What is that?
1: Oh, that? It's my time machine.
4: Does it work?
6: Sure! Just hit this button.
3: Whoa! Dinosaurs! Cool!
6: Or we can go here.
3: Hey, that's Napoleon!
6: (laughs) Or we can go to the future.
2: Wow! Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice
1: house? No, you didn't save any money. Always spent it on vacations and stuff.
2: If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep.
4: Okay, the time machine is not real. But the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no!
3: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 26th show. I am dedicated to you, my listeners, providing you with the tools needed to make informed decisions on matters that affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast to talk with the guests I have in studio or anything you'd like to share with me, you can call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150. 1150 or online at the money hour.com and in studio right now, I'm going to have a conversation with Tyler Freed with Windermere real estate. It is the end of one year and beginning the new year. So talking about real estate and what's uh, happening and what's coming up uh, is really what the, uh, uh, the, First two guests are Tyler. Thank you so much for coming back in studio again. It's been a little while since I've uh, sat across from you.
6: Yeah, it's good to see you again, Tina. Thanks for having me in.
1: You're welcome. And to all my listeners, a little uh, background about Tyler. Tyler again is with Windermere Real Estate. He's a second generation realtor that has been selling homes for the last 11 years. He specializes in working with sellers and buyers relocating around the Puget Sound area. Tyler's family means everything to him. He has a beautiful wife. Uh, that he met in college who now joined him in his real estate uh, career. That's so exciting, Tyler. Uh, soon to follow, maybe, his very young. And uh, how old is Carter?
6: He's going to be three, uh, March 30th.
1: Okay, so he's got a while before he'll join uh, the family in real estate.
6: He's been going on some house tours already.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Tyler, he's been on HGTV as featured Seattle Real Estate Broker, hosted his own real estate talk show, which he invited and had me on studio as well, and has been featured on Zillow's 50 Agents, 50 States blog in 2014. In the past five years, Tyler has helped more than 200 buyers and sellers with their real estate needs in Seattle, Tacoma, and the Bellevue Market. So if you're looking for an agent that will go the extra mile and one that is professionally dedicated to ensure every client is treated like a friend, then you will definitely want to reach out and give Tyler a call. You can reach him on the Money Hour site or you can go to his uh, site directly. And also, what he asks from his clients is just to give him 1% of your confidence and let him earn the rest. So uh, please take time to read uh, Tyler's past customer reviews. I mean, that's a big thing right now, uh, Tyler, and and reviews. And you've got some amazing ones out there. So I I encourage all of you, my listeners, if you're thinking about real estate, to uh, definitely read up on Tyler. So, Tyler, let's get right into it. And let's start with uh, what's happening in today's real estate market, kind of an extension conversation, what we had from uh, Matthew. And what did you see happen in the real estate market for are this year, 2015. What did you see happen?
6: We'll kind of touch on some stuff that Matthew talked about and take a little more of a local approach. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just how tight and little the decrease in inventory is. Kind of in the greater Seattle area, it's dropped about 15% in 2015. So that was a big thing this year.
1: And what do you think in the Seattle market has continued to um, flourish and see these high gains?
6: Well, Seattle's just continued doing really good, and and Seattle and Tacoma actually both appreciated over 10% in 2015, so I I think a big reason Seattle's seeing that is just the high-paying jobs. They added, uh, let's see, 45,700 jobs this year, so just an outstanding amount of jobs and uh, kind of pumping into the economy and and increasing prices there. And then a lot of these jobs, like we mentioned, are really high-paying tech jobs, Mm -hmm. and I'm Basic real estate fundamentals are there. People want to be close to the city for their commute. Not everybody wants to be stuck on the 405 all day long, getting home to the family. And uh, the good walk scores and just the good area is, is a big part of it.
1: Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. So advice, because you've worked with so many buyers and sellers, uh, Tyler, what advice are you giving to your home bu- buyers right now?
6: I think the biggest thing is, you know, ask your your friends and family for a referral uh, for your your realtor, yes. your lender, your home inspector. Those three really make a big difference in how the process goes and it can go smooth or it can go poorly. So that's yes. kind of a, a big step there. And then always get pre-approved. Um, You know, it's the same talk we've had over the years of chatting about the real estate market. Inventory is tight. So if you're not ready to go, you're going to be missing out on that house because we're still seeing a bunch of multiple offer situations all across the Puget Sound.
1: Yeah. So biggest advice is you've got to have that strong team. And if you have one glitch in that team... It can be a complete nightmare in the process, and I, you know, I, I second that with with uh, Tyler. Is make sure you get your recommendations, and I would follow the lead of your role tour because they're the ones that are kind of overseeing the process, and they've got a, a, a person for every piece of that team in their in their mix that they can introduce you to. So I think that's a great way. Once you find your role tour, to find the rest of the team uh, that they work with. Now, Tyler, what about the strategies that you're sharing with? your sellers that are looking at uh, selling their home
6: much of the same for the buyers is definitely doing that research to make (laughs) sure you've got the professional there and um, you know with rates the possibility of rates jumping up so making sure you're getting all that done and and ready and uh, like Matthew talked about there's a lot of people out there that want to make the purchase, but they have to sell their home first, so they're kind yeah. of tiptoeing back and forth on that. But, and with, with your realtor, make sure that they're doing, you know, that they have a stager, that they have professional photography, that they have the outlets to get your home in front of the most people possible, because not everybody does the same thing in this business.
1: Yeah. And I always say it's not about you selling your home, but it is about ultimately the price that you're going to get and the net proceeds you're going to walk away from. And that's really where the the established um, and the experts are really going to be able to maximize your dollars. And, you know, also on the, the price side of it, because I know there's still a, a a lot of realtors, I mean, we know the eighty twenty rule. I'm a believer that there's the one percenters in the industry um, that really are killing it out there. And that's, you know, really what I try to, to bring into studio is um, the elite of the elite, the best of the best. And it is, there's a lot of agents that are... Uh, putting prices on home or giving advice of what they can get for the home that are not accurate. So what are you telling your clients with that, that, you know, the, the risk of listing your home at the wrong price or uh, so listening for someone that says they can get a price that they really most likely
6: can't? Unfortunately, that goes a lot. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot. But I mean, the biggest thing is is getting a price, looking at the comps in the neighborhood, what's sold. Don't try and go 10, 15% above that. I know we have some crazy markets, um, but just making sure you've got it priced right. And a strategy I'm using right now with sellers is waiting till day, Six. we have um, some experts with Windermere that did some searches and they found that the highest price you can get for home is on day six so
1: really interesting
6: yeah so that's when we're reviewing offers for our, our new listings that are having hit the market
1: so there is a lot of strategies that's just like one little tiny strategy and the importance of working with an uh, industry leader without a doubt so 2016 the hot markets Tyler what are you what do you see as our hot markets?
6: Well, I think we're going to continue to see the urban sprawl, so we're going to see people still priced out of Seattle. I mean, there's always going to be people that have the, the money to purchase there, but people are making moves out to Shoreline and uh, move moves out to Edmonds, and then kind of down south, I think if you're close to the Sound Transit, yes. um, you know, the Auburn market kind of shocked a lot of people. It's up uh, over 10% this year in 2015. Uh, Kent's doing really, really well. And for those people that are looking for homes on acreage, um, I've seen a lot of, good deals still uh, down in Spanaway Uh and uh, also Puyallup's been really good and I think those areas do well because it's got the fundamentals the schools are really good the safety Mm -hmm. that Matt uh, touched on there and um, you know easy access to where you work
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I have Sound Transit in here probably a few times a year representation and, you know, with all the stuff that's coming up, I know we've got quite a few years ahead of us before we're going to see all of these benefits, but it'll be interesting what happens in the South End market when our transportation uh, does what they're, you know, what they're planning for our our future. So that'll be interesting and very exciting for us. So when do you feel is the best time to put your home on the market? I'm sure you get a lot of uh, sellers asking this question right now.
6: Well, the short answer is, is is once you have the equity and you're, and you're ready to go. But uh-huh. I, th- I think the biggest thing is everyone's waiting for the flowers to bloom and the lawn to look great and, and wanting to put it on in March. But the problem is everyone's thinking that. Same thing yeah. for buyers, too, when they start their search up. So real estate's all about competition. So if you have less competition, that's the time you want to have the home on on the market. You don't want all your – you want your neighbors to not be listing and be kind of the only, only uh, house – out there on the market, and that'll that'll bring you the multiple offer situation.
1: Makes sense. So, any other thoughts that you have in next year for real estate, Tyler?
6: Well, uh, Zillow predicts that prices are going to rise uh, five point six percent next year in the in the Seattle area. I, I think we'll see them up a little bit more. Definitely not the double digit appreciation, but uh, like Matthew touched on. The bubbles not really in sight and the appreciation and um, the strong local economy is still driving it So I think uh, it's going to be another really good year Yeah, and uh, we've already seen new construction take off a little bit with Dr. Horton's just buying a ton of stuff and mm-hmm. Mainview homes, they're, they're doing really well around the area So I think that's going to be be a big factor and that might actually be a little bit of competition for resale um, coming up in 16
1: yeah and you know i've I've, i will have to have an expert in to talk about the difference between a resale and new construction that just uh reminded me it's been a little while because that's good information to share so you have had so much success uh in your career uh tyler what would you say sets you apart from a traditional realtor i think
6: the agents that i see have success are are people that have a ton of contacts So, um, being the millennial age that I am, it's, it's social media, getting the house in front of a bunch of people and taking that approach of being a teacher and not trying to be a salesman, um, just explaining what to expect, um, to make it smooth and then generate referrals and go from there.
1: Yeah. Now going back to the sellers, um, you know, with the sellers, it being everything kind of being stacked on their side, definitely being a seller's market and anticipation, unless we get a lot more inventory, it will continue to, to do that. But still, there's mistakes that are made out there from, your, uh, from sellers. What do you see the biggest mistake is for a seller uh, uh, to be aware of?
6: It's definitely pricing. Yep. I mean, we're, we're still seeing that a lot where people are just trying to push it too much on the, on the price side. So, like we said earlier, just go off of the comps in the neighborhood. If, make your adjustments slightly and um, price it right.
1: And on the buyer side, for all of the buyers getting ready to uh, start in the new year and get back there in the, the market, what would you say is the biggest mistake for a buyer? I mean, as you, know, you mentioned, a few of them having the strong team, uh, making sure that they're pre-approved, which they can't even make a mistake and not get an offer accepted because they're not pre-approved. Anything else that you would be cautioning uh, for buyers as they're getting ready in the new year?
6: Yeah like we talked about having your ducks in a row and making sure everything's good there with the financing end of it and not stretching yourself too thin. There are a bunch of amazing programs right now uh, mm-hmm. for people to get into houses. So look into that, explore some options, talk to a couple lenders and um, really get to know these neighborhoods. And if, if you're, not too far from work and you've, you're surrounded by good schools, um, you're going to have a winning recipe to succeed and have your home appreciate.
1: Yeah, and that's great advice as we were you know, talking with Matthew as well that you know, just people finding out what their options are and the first step really is to talk about financing and the numbers are going to tell you that you can do it or you can't do it and if you can't do it, you've got a plan to move forward but the worst mistake that you can make is not get the information and see that there might be an opportunity for you. Now, on Money Chat, uh, Tyler, I had talked about the uh, benefits of homeownership versus renting what you know what other um, uh, things are you advising for renters to get out there and take advantage of homeownership
6: well it's like you could put a big sign up and say hey now's the time Um, Matthew and I were talking earlier and rates might get up you know 1% and every percent they they increase that takes uh, away 10% of your your buying power there so I think it's only going to get more expensive from the signs that I'm seeing. So yeah. uh, continue to be in that, um, that cat and mouse game of trying to uh, keep up with the rental or, you know, put yourself in a position for appreciation and ownership.
1: Yeah. So any strategies and, and things that you're doing to prepare for the new year, things that you might be doing differently in 2016 that you did in 2015 to adjust to our new year or no?
6: Well, we're going to be teaching a lot of uh, first-time homebuyer classes and doing the the education part to bring those renters into the buying pool. So we're going to continue with that and um, go after the the online uh, buyers out there and uh, show them what's what's happening out there.
1: That's great. Tyler, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Always a pleasure and Happy New Year to you. Um, And I'll look forward to uh, talking with you again in 2016.
6: Sounds great, Tina. Thanks again.
1: Coming up next in the Money Hour, how do you invest in real estate using your retirement dollars? Well, I've got Christopher Orr with Pensco Trust right here in 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
2: It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends.
6: You gonna finish that grape? You
2: mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject.
0: How do you feel? Mostly okay. I, <laughs> sometimes though.
2: <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stunt man. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Do you know someone in need of a free wheelchair ramp? The Master Builders Association would like to help for 23 years local residential builders have built free wheelchair ramps for disabled homeowners in king and snohomish counties through rampathon if someone you know needs help with access to their home please visit rampathon.org and complete an application or call 1-800-522-2209 applications are being accepted now through february 26th it may be hard to believe but people just like you are already saving money Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries.
0: I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good.
2: You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need Feedthepig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at Feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
0: This is the Money Hour. With your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert Tina Mitchell right here on eleven fifty A.M. KKNW, the Saturday, at December 26th show. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, you can call the show at one 855 Four hundred eleven fifty. Again, that's one 41150 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding money or to talk with the guests that I have in studio. And I have on the phone today a special guest, Christopher Orr with Pensco Trust. And we're going to be having a conversation about investing in real estate with your retirement. Christopher, thank you so much for uh, joining my show today.
4: Thank you for having me, Tina. Happy to be here.
1: And a little bit about uh, Christopher. Christopher is Director Institutional Products at Pensco since 2010 and was former Financial Advisor with Ameritrade. He holds a Series 7 and Series 66 licenses and is graduated of California State University in Long Beach. It'll be an interesting conversation uh, for my listeners with the guests I have here today uh, talking about real estate with, your retar- with investing with your retirement dollars. So, Christopher, what are the advantages of using an IRA to invest in real estate
4: well Tina there's a a handful of, of advantages um First of all, there's nothing like having a great cash-positive investment in a tax-qualified account like an IRA or a Roth IRA. Uh, But here at Pensco, we're firm believers in telling our clients and our potential clients that they should always invest in what they know and love. Uh, Mm -hmm. And real estate's something that everyone can relate to uh, and everyone's familiar with and can see. Uh, Another great thing about investing in real estate is diversification uh, with the volatility in the market. A lot of people are over the 100-point swings every day and want to take you know, their retirement into their own hands and invest in something that they can control and, and take it off the market. So that's another uh, reason that people really do find uh, using their IRA to invest in real estate rewarding.
1: Mm-hmm. So what is the basic difference between a traditional and a Roth IRA, uh, Christopher?
4: Sure. So anyone with an earned income uh, who's younger than 70 and a half can contribute to a traditional IRA. Roth IRAs, however, have income restrictions. Um, the other difference is that traditional IRAs are taxed uh, after they're deposited. So you're, you're taxed on the distributions, whereas Roths are taxed before they go into the account. And most times when all the is coming out, when the money is coming out, excuse me, uh, there's no taxation then. So there's a tax difference and uh, income contribution differences.
1: Okay. And what about the rules for investing your IRA into real estate?
4: Sure. So there's a couple things, a couple nuances, really. So there are prohibited transactions and disqualified parties, which we'll get into in a second. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, you know, you can't, buy from yourself or another prohibited person. Um, You can't use IRA as collateral for a personal loan. Little things like the deed will be vested in the custodian's name. For example, if I were to buy a piece of property in my IRA here at Pensco, the deed would read Pensco Trust Company for the benefit of Christopher Orr, uh, instead of Christopher Orr outright. So the IRA is actually the owner of the investment for the benefit of the individual investor. Uh, Some other things, all the expenses and cash flows of that property would have to flow through the IRA. So Mm -hmm. again, because the IRA is the owner, all the rent that you're collecting or all the income that you're collecting from that piece of property flow back into the IRA. Same thing if you were to have an expense in the IRA or expense in the property, excuse me, the IRA would have to pay for that expense. And that again is because the IRA is the actual owner of record Mm -hmm. for the benefit of the client. So there's some little nuanced stuff like that.
1: It makes, it makes sense. So what you've mentioned, the prohibited transaction, what is that?
4: So there are, um, there are prohibited transactions, and these are things that the IRS has deemed as either disqualified parties mm-hmm. or actions that, that the IRS prohibits. Um, and so something like self-dealing is one example. And this would be trying to buy your own house and then have your IRA purchase a house that you already own. So you can't buy from yourself. That makes sense. Or you can buy your parents' house or your wife's house. Um, There's things called commingling, where if your IRA is the record of owner, mm-hmm. and you start paying for the roof leak or a remodel or something with taxable dollars, uh, you're co your taxable money with your qualified money. That's uh, a prohibited transaction.
1: Okay. So um, what... Oh, go ahead, Christopher. Yeah,
4: there's also disqualified parties, and this is kind of in your family tree. Okay. You can't move up and down, right? So your parents, your children, your spouses, those are all disqualified parties. Those are going up and down the family tree. You can, however, mm-hmm. go left to right. So siblings, aunts, uncles, nephews, nieces, those people would, be quali- those people would not be disqualified parties.
1: Interesting. So what about the, uh, the type of real estate
4: so we have tons of real estate here at Pensco and our clients have invested in all different types. Um, everything from raw land to rental income properties to manufactured homes to public storage units, trust deeds and secured notes, parking lots, You know, uh, we even have folks that own timber rights and mineral rights and cypress mm. tree farms. So wow. there's really a ton of options out there. It's a it's a space where you can get really creative.
1: Mm-hmm. So what if my listener has an IRA and it doesn't have enough cash in it? What Are there options for them?
4: Absolutely. So you can do a couple different things. Um, You can always get a non-recourse loan if you're going to be the single owner on the property. Uh, And you can get a loan. The IRA would have a loan within it. You would pay that loan back as the property becomes cash positive and it starts bringing in income. Mm -hmm. You could also split down the property. So let's say your IRA wanted to own 50% of it Mm -hmm. and... Another investor wanted to own the other 50%. Mm. You could do that. Okay. Uh, you could do, you could wrap it into a private equity deal like an LLC or an LP, and then you could become a member of that LLC, and then that LLC would own the property. So there's a couple different ways to do it, um, it, it which makes, you know, it's nice to have options like that.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine there, there might be some risks to, attached to using leverage. What would those be, Christopher?
4: yeah there are. Uh, like everything, you know, you got to do your due diligence and everything comes with its risk reward. Mm-hmm. Um, with the non-recourse lending and getting lending or getting leverage in the account, you do have to be aware uh, of unrelated debt financed income that could be subject to tax in the property. Uh-huh. Uh, you could you know obviously you could default on the loan and then your IRA loses the investment outright, that's a risk. Uh, You want to make sure that that property is cash positive, because once you take that loan out, the loan is in the IRA. And again, that IRA has to make those loan payments. So if you spend all your retirement dollars to buy this house, and you find no one to rent it to, and now your IRA can't make those loan payments, then you're at risk of defaulting and losing the investment. Got it. Um, so, always good to be cash positive.
1: Yeah. So, just like every, anything else, just really understanding what all your options are, um, and just as you said, benefit and risk. Now, what about the real estate expenses, and how do those work?
4: Sure. So, again, everything has to flow through the account. Yep. So, let's say you hire a carpenter to fix the floor or get a new water heater or whatever that may be. You're going to Send the request to Pensco or to your custodian of choice mm-hmm. and then we 're going to cut the check or send the wire or make the payment uh, for said services, um, just like when the rental incomes you know the check every month is going to be sent to your property manager or straight to us, and that rent check is going to get deposited into the account. So your account is collecting this rent every month. Uh And when expenses come out, the checks get cut out of that cash balance.
1: Got it. So you've got to just really make sure that you're setting this up um, correctly and having the cash flow, as you said.
4: Absolutely. Yes. It's always really smart to have that extra cash on hand, even when you first make the purchase. Of course. Cause unexpected costs always come up, right? Of course. and So you want to make sure you're not putting yourself in a hard place by not having the capital to cover any unexpected things.
1: Yeah. Now, can you talk a little bit about structuring the transaction?
4: Yeah, so again, you can have a direct purchase, which Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, where Pensco Trust, for the benefit of the client, would be the owner of record on the deed. Um, You could have partnering IRAs or or partners in general, so 50% owned by me, 50% owned by my partner, and those could both be IRAs. Uh, You can do using leverage, again, with the non-recourse loans. Mm -hmm. You could wrap it up in an LLC. Uh, You can do secured mortgage deed notes. So someone who maybe couldn't get a line of credit before, uh, you want to give them a loan and use their house as collateral. So there's Mm. a lot of interesting things that you can do.
1: Sounds like it's uh, really creative options.
4: Definitely. And again, you know, we really want to stress that people invest in what they know. And, and, if, and if the real estate sector is something you're familiar with, and you know it's almost a no-brainer out there with the, the craze of the market these days. Sure.
1: So I've got uh, just about a minute. I've got to wrap up the show here, Christopher. Uh, what do you want to leave my listeners with when it comes to uh, using your retirement to possibly purchase real estate?
4: Well, like we said, the options are almost limitless and they're mm-hmm. out there. And Pence goes here to make it possible for you. So Uh, follow what you want to invest in, take control of your destiny. And when you're ready to take some action, we're here to help.
1: Christopher, thank you so much for uh, taking time to uh, be on the show with me. It's been a, a pleasure having a conversation with you.
4: All right, Tina, thank you so much for having me, and have a good one.
1: You too. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and I look forward to talking with you. More money conversation as we get into the new year. Same time, same place, right here at on 1150 AM, KKNW.
0: Proceeding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.